grace and peace to you on this Christ the King Sunday, the last Sunday in the Christian year, and as we celebrate a Bach experience that leads us into Advent. Dean Robert Allen Hill sends his greetings from San Antonio, Texas, where he is attending the American Academy of Religion and Society of Biblical Literature meetings. We look forward to his return on Monday. My name is Victoria Hart Gaskell. I'm an elder in the New England Conference of the United Methodist Church and a chapel associate here at Marsh. This morning, I am channeling the words of Dean Hill in the first part of the call to worship and as one of the preachers of the day in a joint sermon with our director of music, Dr. Scott Allen Jarrett. So even though he is not with us in body, Dean Hill is very much with us in word and spirit in this Bach experience. Dearly beloved, let us begin our time together in the call to worship. The Lord is with you and also with you. Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth, King of kings and Lord of lords. The height and breadth and depth of love divine surround us, embrace us in this hour. We lift our voices in the praise of God. In word and music, we are touched, illumined, and healed. A Bach cantata and a word of blessing meet us today to bring the gospel of grace, to bring the gospel of peace. Music and word in praise are offered for our gathered congregation here in Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation in New England on WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe at WBUR.org. <clears throat> Joining me in reading the service are Marsh Associates Denise Nicole Stone and Nick Rodriguez, with Marsh Associate Ian Quillen as cantor for the psalm. Our offertory prayer is offered on our behalf by Marsh Associate Devin Harvin. Our musicians today are the Marsh Chapel Choir and Collegium, both under the direction of our own Dr. Scott Allen Jarrett. Our organist is our own Mr. Justin Thomas Blackwell. We invite your written and emailed responses, your prayerful and material support, your self-selection in forms of service in ministry, and your presence with us on Sunday. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. So now rise up, beloved, in body as you are able, but certainly in heart, in the praise and worship of God.
Dearly beloved, let us pray together. Almighty and everlasting God, whose will it is to restore all things in your well-beloved Son, the King of kings and Lord of lords, mercifully grant that the peoples of the earth, divided and enslaved by sin, may be freed and brought together under his most gracious rule, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A lesson from St. Paul's Epistle to the Colossians, chapter 1, verses 11 through 20. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power, and may you be prepared to endure everything with patience, while joyfully giving thanks to the Father, who enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in reading the Canticle of Zechariah responsibly with the Antiphon. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from old, that we would be be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham to grant us that we, being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge and satisfaction to the people by the forgiveness of their sins. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace.
Please rise as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Luke, chapter 23, verses 33 through 43. Glory to you, O Lord. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing, and the people stood by watching, but the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he's the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There is also an inscription over him. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. The chapel's Gothic nave, built to lift the spirit, welcomes you. The chapel's 60-year history at the heart of Boston University, welcomes you. The chapel's regard for persons and personality, both in its conic stained glass windows and in its current ministry, welcomes you. The chapel's familiar love of music, weekday and Sunday, welcomes you. The chapel's congregation of caring, loving souls in this sanctuary welcomes you in spirit. Welcome today as we enhance our endowment. We celebrate the endowment we already have. It is a rich treasure. It is an endowment vocal, not visible, audible, not audited, psychic, not physical, 
moral, not material. Listen for its echoes. Listen. All the good you can. The two so long disjoined. Heart of the city, service of the city. Learning, virtue, piety. Good friends all. Hope of the world. Are ye able? Still the master whispers down eternity. Common ground. Content of character. Congregation and community, you come too. Earthly assembly and heavenly heavenly chorus, you come too. Beauty opens the world to grace. Beauty may prepare you for the gospel of faith, the faith of the gospel. Beauty is a preparatorio evangelica, a preparation of the gospel. Bach is a prelude to faith. Faith, the leap of faith, requires preparation. Our colleague Peter Berger has written about this preparation from his Questions of Faith. I can find in human reality certain intimations of God's speech, signals, unclear though they are, of his presence, joy expressed in great music which seeks eternity, the human propensity to order which appears to correlate with an order in the universe, the immensely suggestive experience of play and humor, the irrepressible human propensity to hope, the certainty of some moral judgments, and last but not least, the experiences of beauty. Beauty prepares us for faith. Bach is a prelude to the gospel. When you stand before your grandchild in the hour of birth, you might think about that. When you look into your father's eyes as he lies critically ill, you might think about that. When you realize that you have a real friend, one real friend, you might think about that. When you look at your beautiful country in a time of need and wonder whether you should bestir yourself to write a check or make a phone call, you might think about that. When a sunset seizes you, when a poem teases you, when a sermon freezes you, you might think about that. It takes a leap. Faith takes a leap. Something beautiful may have prepared our gospel writer. Bach may prepare you today. Bach may lift your soul beyond youthful grunge. Bach may raise your soul out of religious hiding. Bach may sear your soul with beauty and call you out of 40 years of spiritual sloth. It would not be the first time. Today we hear a song of thanksgiving, a grateful and beautiful anthem. So says the Cambridge Companion to Bach. 
Bach's cantatas, in fact, were conceived and should be regarded not as concert pieces at all, but as musical sermons, and they were incorporated as such in the regular Sunday church services. I wonder whether the beautiful holiness of this music will touch you. Today we present Cantata 10, My Soul Magnifies the Lord. This is Bach's German setting of the Canticle of Mary, as found in the first chapter of the Gospel according to Luke. Our program annotator, Brett Kostrevsky, reminds us both of the prevalence of this text in most all Christian liturgies, but also the familiarity of the Leipzig congregation with this most joyful and famous of canticles. Let's first consider the libretto for our cantata. Typically, we'd expect to find a biblical exhortation, perhaps a verse or two from a psalm, followed by a series of recitatives and arias, each of which advances a different rhetorical argument or perspective of the scriptural subject of the day. The recits tend to pack in the most theology with their syllabic declamation, leaving the arias to convey a more personal response to the scriptural subject. Cantata 10 draws its libretto entirely from the Canticle of Mary. The first two verses are quoted exactly in the first chorus, the opening chorus, with the interior movements paraphrasing the remainder of the text. Only once does our anonymous librettist depart from the Lucan text when, in the final restative, the tenor expounds on the broader theological implications of the word made flesh with themes that remind us of the first chapter of John. Bach adds the string orchestra at this moment as if to underscore the importance of this final opportunity to teach. In addition to those two recitatives, there are three arias that comprise the corpus of the cantata. The first proceeds directly out of the opening movement without recitative and immediately and successfully captures both the spirit of John the Baptist leaping in Elizabeth's womb, but also Mary's joyful exuberance. The central aria provides the bass soloist and continuo cellist, a flashy and virtuosic depiction of God casting down the mighty from their seat, exalting the humble, leaving the rich empty, and filling the hungry with gifts of grace. The third aria is perhaps the most inward-looking moment in the entire cantata. Scored as a duet for alto and tenor, listen for the Magnificat chant played in long tones by the trumpet. There are two recitatives for the tenor soloist, both of which offer rich examples of Bach's extraordinary text setting. Note the chromatic flourish on the word for scatter, zerstreuen, in the first recitative, for example. It is the cantata's opening movement that best captures the urgency and ardor of Mary's song. The ages-old Magnificat psalm tone is heard in long notes in the soprano part, taken up by the altos in the second verse. All around, Bach scores music of brilliant vivacity, depicting both the exuberance of Mary's, of Mary's joy, but also the promise and urgency of Christ's advent in our world and in our time. So let us prepare ourselves upon this Christ the King Sunday and take on for ourselves a spirit of wonder, of vulnerability. Erezim Kohak of Boston University said of wonder, the ageless boulders of the long-abandoned dam, the maple and the great birch by twilight, the chipmunk in the busyness of his days, 
and of his dying. Even I, making my dwelling place among them, are not only right in our season. We also have our value in eternity as witnesses to the audacious miracle of being rather than nothing. Ultimately, that is the moral sense of nature, infinitely to be cherished, that there is something. That is the eternal wonder articulated in the rightness and rhythm of time, which humans honor in their commandments, the wonder of being. There are humans who become blind to goodness, to truth and beauty, who drink wine without pausing to cherish it, who pluck flowers without pausing to give thanks, who accept joy and grief as all in a day's work, to be enjoyed or managed without ever sensing the presence of eternity in them. But that is not the point. What is crucial is that humans, whether they do so or not, are capable of encountering a moment not simply as a transition between a before and an after, but as the miracle of eternity ingressing into time. That, rather than the ability to fashion tools, stands out as the distinctive human calling. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, of blessed memory, said of vulnerability, nothing can make up for the absence of someone whom we love, and it would be wrong to try to find a substitute. We must simply hold out and see it through. That sounds very hard at first, but at the same time it is a great consolation. For the gap, as long as it remains unfilled, preserves the bond between us. It is nonsense to say that God fills the gap. He does not fill it, but on the contrary, he keeps it empty and so helps us to keep alive our former communion with each other, even at the cost of pain. Bach is filling us with grace and beauty today. In particular, the final recit strays a bit from Luke to amplify a little more theology and seems to borrow heavily from John. Thus it ever is that God's worth word is full of grace and truth. Because the Gospel of John is centrally about the divine presence, this note fits our music today very well. John is about presence, as is this magnificent cantata. John is about spirit, as is this magnificent cantata. John is about mystery, as is this magnificent cantata. John is about grace, as is this magnificent cantata. As Zechariah sang in our canticle this morning, blessed be the Lord God of Israel. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, 
to guide our feet into the way of peace. Amen.
mit seinen Armen an denen, welche weder kalt noch warm in Glauben und in Lieben sein. Hinabhört, bloß und blind, die voller Stolz und Hoffart sind, will seiner Hand dich Thank <laughs> you. 
Zeiten geredet und verheißen hat, erfüllt er auch in Wert in der Tat. Was Gott dem Abraham, als er zu ihm in seine Hütten kam, versprochen und geschworen ist, da die Zeit erfüllt war. Sein Sonne musste sich so sehen. 
Our great thanks to the Marsh Chapel Choir and Collegium for this beautiful offering at this time of transition from one year to the next. Let us offer our appreciation as we see fit to this great gift of music and joy this especially today after this great offering, the peace of the Lord, beloved, be always with you and also with you. We invite you to record your presence with us and allow other people to know that you are here by signing the red book, which you will find at the uh, aisle's uh, end of the pew. Um, Please pass it along the pew and uh, then pass it back so you can see who you're sitting with and offer one another greetings after the service. Because of the Thanksgiving Day weekend, the chapel offices are closed from this Wednesday, November 23rd, through Sunday, November 27th. Uh, Things will be back to uh, full strength and going into the holiday season on Monday the 28th. We would ask you to mark your calendars for what is upcoming in the next few weeks. Uh, The Blue Christmas service is on Sunday, the 4th of December at 3 p.m. here in the nave. This is a service for the folks who are finding it a bit difficult, and this year perhaps all of us are finding it a bit difficult um, for the season. And so we invite you to come for a time of beauty, a time of quiet, and a time to feel the presence of God even in the blue times. On Friday, the 9th of December, here at 6 p.m., we invite you to University Lessons and Carols, a service of joy and beauty, um, also to be repeated on the following Sunday here in the morning service on the 11th on Sunday. 
And it is not too early to mark your calendars for our Christmas Eve services on the 24th of December, the first one at 1 p.m. and the second at 7.30 p.m. here in the nave of Marsh Chapel. You will find further information at bu.edu slash chapel for the seasonal offerings here, and there is also the opportunity for online giving. And now, Denise Nicole Stone, um, one of our Marsh Chapel associates, will be uh, offering us an Advent opportunity. Good morning. Um, Good morning. This Advent season, we'll be exchanging Christmas cards and wishes with um, members of our community. So this is an easy way to reach out to one another as we enter into this season of Advent. Um, so if you're interested in participating in this program, please uh, give me your name and contact information, and within the coming week, you will um, be matched with a pen pal. Thank you. So please see Denise Nicole out in the lobby. Our coffee hour is always special, and today it is even more special because we will honor Caitlin No who has been our Director of Hospitality here at Marsh Chapel for a number of years. Uh, she is leaving us uh, to another calling, and so we are sending her off with our love and our thanks. So please join us at coffee hour this afternoon to wish Caitlin a fond farewell and to wish her well in her new position. We offer you now to reflect on Mendelssohn's Andante from the Sonata Number no. 6 in D Major as the ushers wait upon us for our tithes, our gifts, and our offerings. Now walk in love as Christ loved us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be a giver this Sunday. We acknowledge that it is a privilege to be a blessing in the Lord's church. We pray that these offerings contributing to the spreading of your light. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, dearly beloved, let us go from this place in peace. 
to take with us the joys and the learnings of the past year and to enter upon the new year of God with trust and hope. Let our souls magnify the Lord and may our spirits rejoice in Christ our Savior. In the name of God who makes us, who loves us, who keeps us in everything. Amen. <laughs>